you very much. Okay. The title slightly changed. Um, this is a joint uh, paper we are still working on with uh, Sorana. I'm from uh, FIRI, Turin, and Sorana from IMI. So we'll start with some of the methodological and uh, uh, theoretical background for our research. So migration research has been predominantly um, guided by assumptions, um, conceiving migration as a one-off move from a departure country A to a destination country B entailing a permanent uh, settlement uh, destination. And uh, methodological nationalism uh, has largely influenced uh, this way uh, of conceiving migration, assuming national borders as the natural uh, units of study. And the influence of uh, uh, such methodological approach can be also detected in the way data are usually collected and made available with most surveys which, which are still based on uh, uh, national, uh, nation-state units. Uh, next to a fixed uh, uh, spatial bias, a static uh, temporary uh, dimension is also uh, implied in most migration studies. In fact, when studying migration and uh, its drivers, uh, a cross-sectional uh, approach is still dominant, often disregarding previous trajectories and complex uh, backgrounds of migrants and often reducing them um, into permanent or um, temporary migrants. Yet, uh, migration trajectories uh, are more complex. Uh, migrants may travel through and, and um, successively uh, settle in several countries or engage in circular mobility um, and so on. However, the factors that shape uh, individual, um, individual migrant trajectories uh, still remain little known. And uh, one of the main reasons for this is that research on migration determinants still rely on sufficient preliminary knowledge of the structure of the migration patterns and trends. So uh, some uh, approaches have uh, helped in overcoming uh, some of these biases, among which transnationalism, um, which allowed uh, to move away from the nation state's perspectives as a unique containers within the migratory process. Um, and, uh, um, however, this paradigm uh, concentrated uh, mostly on the in-betweenness uh, and simultaneity of uh, migrant multiple belongings, uh, allowing, um, rather than allowing an overall and longitudinal view on migration trajectories. And uh, also life course perspective, which was uh, very well introduced by our colleague uh, before, uh, helped uh, in social sciences uh, to examine uh, the um, evolution of life trajectories of migrants uh, over time. And um, uh, also, the, uh, somehow, the, the, the research on transit migration had, uh, had the merit of questioning uh, the issue of migrants' mobility by contributing to a more uh, comprehensive perspective of continuous migration. Uh, however, um, most studies in this area, uh, we found, uh, notably failed to explore the onward movements of migrants uh, once arrived in Europe. So, um, our uh, paper, in fact, uh, will be concentrated, we will, be, will focus on uh, inter-European secondary mobility. Um, we found the surprising uh, lack of attention uh, on uh, the inter-European mobility of non-EU citizens, of third-country nationals, is registered. 
and while most of the research concentrated either on the mobility of Eastern Europeans after their entry in Europe or on secondary movements of asylum seekers. But there is a lack of uh, empirical data on the inter-EU mobility of third country nationals. So um, qualitative studies suggest that, this, that they are relevant, uh, relevant inter-EU mobility and a common practice uh, and an increasing migratory strategy also in time of crisis. We will come over uh, later on this aspect. Um, EU provides freedom of movement, uh, but only to limited categories. So they are um, long-term residents, highly skilled workers, researchers, students, and post-workers, excluding the largest group of uh, non-skilled uh, migrants. Um, furthermore, those who are granted the, um, the right to mobility, to inter-EU mobility, still have uh, difficulties in uh, enjoying this right, uh, as uh, member countries have larger discretionary power to apply um, the related directives and end up in restricting uh, the conditions uh, of access for such groups. So um, the available researches provide different scenarios for such kind uh, of inter-EU mobility indicate different reasons for onward uh, mobility once in Europe. Uh, first, the first uh, perspective um, tells us, tell us that um, the, the, the inter-EU mobility may be the result of increasing precariousness under the labour and the legal point of view and uh, um, fragmentation of mobility patterns in this way uh, could be the result of uh, unsuccessful socio-economic integration of destination in the first country of destination and the strategy entailed by the most vulnerable, uh, vulnerable among the migrant population. A second perspective, a uh, second approach, um, tells us that uh, uh, almost the higher skilled ones are those uh, who engage in secondary mobility in order to uh, improve and valorize their human capital. Uh, also, stepwise migration can be an active, proactive uh, uh, strategy of migrants who intentionally entail multi-migration and uh, enter uh, in those countries, European countries, where it is easier to, to, to enter, in fact, and then, um, thanks to low barriers, uh, continue to further destination. So in, they can also be interpreted as transit migration, some of inter-EU uh, uh, movements. Uh, we will concentrate more specifically on the role um, of uh, networks uh, in this respect. In fact, uh, uh, networks may play, may play a crucial role. We, we, we will study this. And, uh, however, the role of network, which is, has been studying, uh, studied a lot in first-time migration, was um, in general overlooked in shaping subsequent movements for migrants, not, so, not only uh, in respect to secondary movements, but also returns. So, uh, data and methods. Uh, data are the MAFE data, uh, migration between Africa and Europe, which is uh, a survey data collected uh, between 2008 and 10, and, um, and 
it was a transnational sample uh, collecting information on non-migrants, um, returnees and migrants at destination, in particular in three uh, destinations, uh, in Europe, Spain, France uh, and Italy, and on returnees uh, in Dakar, in Senegal. Uh, we, we have uh, around 600 uh, interviewees. Uh, the research design uh, was um, um, uh, of course, uh, based on these aspects, uh, have an important impact on the trajectories, as you will see, because we uh, sampled migrants already at destination, and some of them returnees, and in Europe. So this will affect, of course, the trajectories. So uh, they are longitudinal data. Uh, based on retrospective life histories. Um, under the methodological point of view, we undertook sequence analysis, optimal matching, and um, cluster analysis. And then the second part of the uh, paper will be based on the event history analysis, uh, and in particular, on the drivers of inter-European uh, remigration. So that's what we found. Uh, from the first set of analysis, three main mobility patterns were detected. Uh, they are almost completely mutual, mutual exclusive, so indicating quite neat patterns of mobility. Linear migration patterns uh, comprise trajectories with only one out-migration episode. Circular migration included trajectories with one or more return to Senegal and subsequent redepartures. And stepwise migration without migration and secondary uh, migration episodes with no intermediate returns. So we will look better uh, in this way. Uh, how to read these graphs? Uh, every line represents uh, one individual one individual, and um, the different segments show uh, the migration episodes. Uh, they have the same graphic length, and the aggregate length of each sequence uh, will represent uh, the total number of the migration spells for uh, each uh, interviewee. So longer sequences, and we will have more complicated one afterwards, uh, indicate more turbulent uh, uh, migration trajectories, mobility careers, and the colors indicate the different geographic areas. Uh, we also put the, um, the share of uh, each sub-group uh, of mobility uh, for each graph. So this is this first set of graphs indicated the linear migration, uh, which, uh, as I told, in, um, indicate uh, direct one-way moves from Senegal to destination countries with eventual uh, return to Senegal, indicated by the light yellow um, uh, segments. Then we have a circular mobility pattern uh, entailing repeated out migration and temporary return uh, to the origin country. Here we have uh, three possible forms of mobility circular mobility within Europe, the first uh, on the left, involving returns uh, from European destinations, departures to Europe, circular migration from Africa leading then uh, in a second uh, steps uh, uh, to Europe and the repeated mobility uh, within the African space. 
Likewise, mobility pattern is the third one. Uh, consists of uh, fragmented mobility steps across, across different countries out of Senegal, both in the uh, African and the European space, in which multiple moves leads, lead to the composition to, um, of step-by-step -step migration. So the first uh, subgroup displays stepwise migration within Europe, uh, which is uh, the, the most prominent one among this group, and uh, we will focus on this pattern afterwards. Um, but there are also other types of uh, stepwise mobility. The second one on the right indicates uh, um, preliminary steps in North Africa leading to Europe, most of them are transits, and then the third one, uh, stepwise mobility within Africa and sometimes with returns to Senegal. So I will Okay, so um, we've seen that intra-European mobility is quite an important mobility pattern, um, and yet it remains little studied. So in the rest of the presentation I will very briefly discuss some of its characteristics and, and also try to answer the question of what drives secondary mobility within Europe. Um, so, if we look in more detail at uh, the sequences of mobility events in this trajectory, the first thing that comes to our attention is that it's not, these trajectories are not necessarily direct. So basically when we think about intra-European circulation, we generally imagine a migrant moving from one European country to the next. But actually the first thing that's important to consider is that these uh, trajectories can involve also a temporary return to Senegal before re-migrating to a different European country. So what you see on the right. This this is a much fewer share of migrants, yet it's important to consider it a part because it has probably very different policy implications. A second thing we may ask is where do migrants come from and where do they go? So we see that in our sample the largest share of the direct stepwise uh, mobilities involve moves from France, the dark red, to Italy or Spain, the uh, lime and the orange. Um, it's about 40%. Uh, and this is mostly due to the older nature of the Senegalese flows to France. We can also observe the reverse trend, so migrants moving from Italy and Spain to France, um, but we see less circulation between Italy and Spain in our sample. And also a last point I wanted to mention is that, so the number of steps is on the bottom, is the number of migration spells, and we see that most migrant, most trajectories involve two steps. Yet an important minority, about a third of trajectories, involve three or more steps. So they, these trajectories can be quite complex and, and long. A second question we wanted to uh, briefly uh, look at is um, how long, after, after how long, how long do migrants generally spend in their country of their first settlement before moving to the, before re-migrating? And we find that um, um, re-migration happens relatively early in the career. So basically, onward migrations intervene, half of them intervene within two years of settling in the first country and almost 80% within five years. So it's relatively, after a relatively short time span in the first country of migration. Um, and um, a last analysis that I wanted to present is um, that, like looking at the drivers of intra-European uh, migrations. And in order to examine these, we used event history framework, which was briefly introduced by uh, Tom earlier. Um, so basically, how does this work? We follow migrants from their, the year of their first migration um, in Europe and up to either the move to another European country, the return to Senegal, or the time of the survey, meaning that they are still in the country of, the, of their first destination. And he, we distinguish here, although it's not our main focus, we distinguish the case of return migration because the drivers affecting these are probably very different. 
Um, and also this method allowed the characteristics of individuals to change over time. And obviously their employment situation, their family status, um, their legal situation are bound to change. I won't have time to go over the results, uh, but I just wanted to mention that, for example, a somewhat unexpected result was that education didn't play any effect. So basically, it's both less educated and highly educated migrants that move. It's not the low, like the, the very uneducated um, migrants. Employment status was a bit more influential in our results. It was indeed the jobless that were more likely to move, but not only them, also the self-employed and the low-skilled wage earners that were more likely to move onward than highly skilled or students. Um, and I just want to mention uh, networks for briefly. So having family ties at destination expectedly fixes one, so it decreases the probability to move. However, this only applies to the partner, having one partner. Children have no such effect. Um, and networks have, uh, social capital was actually one of the most important drivers of this secondary mobility, but the effects depended very much on the type and the location of social capital. So having very large and dispersed networks within Europe, so having ties in other countries in Europe increased the likelihood to move, but it was mostly the weak ties, friends, and also recent migrants, those that recently moved somewhere else in Europe, that played the most part in triggering onward mobility. So to conclude, we find that uh, a descriptive view of the MAFE data shows that uh, mobility trajectories are more complex uh, than it's implied by the hypothesis that still underlies most of the research. We found stepwise and circular patterns um, that were revealed, and while they seem to only represent a small share of overall trajectories, we shouldn't forget, one, that linear trajectories are censored observations, and they may evolve and become also complex trajectories, and second is that our our data was collected before 2009, before the economic crisis, and there's been a lot of qualitative <laughs> evidence since then showing that complex trajectories may become more prevalent in the context of the economic crisis. <laughs> Looking with the event history uh, framework at the drivers of remigration, we found that those that are more likely to move within Europe are not those that have the formal right to do so. So are not the highly skilled, the students, the long-term resident. However, we can't really say that it's the most precarious, it's only the most precarious that moved and those most deprived of human capital. Since education, like it's also both, all levels of education are similarly likely to move. And another last finding is that social capital is the most important one, among the most important resource in this mobility, but its effects are highly differentiated and we have to move beyond this affirmation networks matters and ask which networks and how. Thank you very much. This is preliminary research and uh, we are considering future steps, so every comment and observation is highly welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.